Imagine you walk into a restaurant and the menu is in French and you don't know a lick of French or don't know where to even start on how to understand the words on this menu and make the right decision for your meal. All you know is that you really want to try your hand at French cuisine. But then a concierge walks up to you and tells you she's put together a four course meal of the things you may enjoy. You can try that and get a curated taste of French cuisine. Well, that's kind of what Small Case does. It's a restaurant with a concierge who helps you understand the world of retail investing. It puts together bundles of stocks and recommends different ones you can invest in. And this idea has really taken off. It's been particularly loved by millennials who are showing a growing interest in retail investing. Like Zeeshan Masker, for example, a 28-year-old general surgeon who started his journey into retail investing with mutual funds and then found an affinity for small case. I used to follow some uh, the investor accounts like Alok Jain, Weekend Investing, then there was Capital Mind. So the two, three guys I used to follow back then. So from them, I just uh, got to know about small case. For me, it was like uh, when I checked the mutual funds, the portfolio, the which all stocks it used to be there. It used to be very familiar stocks, the one which I already had in my stock portfolio. So I thought, why not? Then we can just go to a small case and save that extra money which we pay as an expense ratio. So in that way, I started investing in small cases. Just like Zishan, many new and experienced retail investors have flocked to Smallcase for their intuitive service. Since its inception in 2015, the company has raked up some big numbers. 3.5 million users investing in 250 curated bundles on its platform, clocking in almost $2 billion worth of transactions so far. And the popular method of stocks bundling is only growing. And while that is good news for small case, it comes with its challenges. Because it's not 2015 anymore, and small case is not the only company offering the service. Bigwigs like Wealthdesk, ICICI Direct, and many more want to get a piece of the pie. Heck, even the concierge and waiting staff and every other stakeholder in the environment want to get in on the action. So where does that leave small case? And what do they need to do to hold their ground in this turf war that's slowly brewing? Hello and welcome to Unofficial Sources, a business podcast by The Ken. I'm Anushka Chikara. And I'm Olena Banerjee. And we're your hosts. episode, we're taking a look at small case and the niche of bundling stocks in the retail investment space. An idea that was intuitive and popular with Indian investors has now seen the space booming. So what exactly will the future of the space look like as it continues to evolve? And where is small case's space in this? Stay tuned. So if you've listened to any of our other financial-based episodes, you know that 
I at least particularly find the world of finance quite confusing, dizzying, exhausting. So, um, all in, I thought, you know, we should take a small step back and understand just how small case works before we dive deep into the world of retail investing and then this niche of bundling stocks and, you know, how the space is evolving and all of that. Right, Anushka. And you are in no way the only one who thinks the world of finance is moving at a dizzying pace. I mean, all of us are catching up to it. But from what I can understand about small cases model is that this is how it works on the user's end, right? You go to the platform, you look through all the bundles options, and then you decide which ones are for you and how much you want to invest in them. Small case charges a flat fee of rupees 100 to use their services. Yeah, so I'm on the app right now. And actually, because since we started working on the story, I've become really keen to invest in some bundles myself. And one that I like over here, so it's called All Weather Investing. It's a bundle that says one investment for all market conditions works for everyone. So it looks safe and easy enough for a noob like me. But also there's some other interesting, unique ones like specialty chemicals and green energy portfolio. Yes, one, please, green energy portfolio, because I do believe climate change is a real threat. But no, I mean, jokes aside, it's also, I guess, an interesting space for millennials like us to invest in because there are so many companies and governments now worried about the climate and kind of launching uh, these plans to get into renewable energy and have massive green energy products. So yeah, definitely interesting. Yeah, so there's something for everyone. Um, But I'm wondering who makes these bundles? Is it small case? They do. Yes, they have a subsidiary windmill capital that makes these bundles for them. The ones you see most prominently featured on the app, actually. And then you have sellers or advisors who can be investment companies or individuals with a license to make these speciality bundles. You can subscribe to their bundles as well through the small case platform. Okay, so if we're running with the previous restaurant analogy, the sellers or advisors are the concierges who put together the courses and suggest what you can try. That's right. And these are companies like Abacus Asset Manager, Weekend Investing by Alok Jain, Ethical Advisors. Right. And you said it charges uh, a flat fee of 100 rupees from the users who transact. So what is the money exchange like between small case and these sellers? So small case takes a 10 to 20% bite out of the subscription cost of these bundles. And there's also another party in this whole transaction that you must understand. And, and these are the brokerages. This is mm. zero da, up stocks, grow, etc. There are a total of 13 brokerages that Smallcase has signed up with over the years. And they basically plug Smallcase on their platforms so that people can use the Smallcase platform to transact on their holdings. So for Smallcase, this means that they are getting exposure to millions of users who already have a brokerage account. And it basically exposes these users to their speciality bundles. And for brokerages as well, they're not going to turn down any streams of revenue they can get. So it seems like Smallcase has set up this symbiotic environment in which it has thrived and shared its success with other parties. But the system lies in a precarious balance. 
one that could be tipped off as the vulnerabilities get exposed by this increasingly competitive environment. Now, to understand where the pain points lie in small cases environment, we got in the expert, and that's Jaspreet Kaldra. Jaspreet is a new staff writer here at the Ken who covers banking, financial technology, and digital assets. He wrote the story titled Small Case, Wealth Desk, and the Bundle Investing Turf War Brewing in India. That's the story this episode is based on. Hey, Jaspreet, glad to have you here for the first time on the podcast. Hi guys, thank you for having me. Okay, so we have understood the principles or like the system of small case and how it works. Now let's look at the vulnerabilities in the system, or rather, the replicable opportunities for competitors who are looking at how small case works. So when it comes to the relationship between the sellers or advisors and small case, it seems to be a good symbiotic relationship, right? Like the sellers can use small case to dispense their expertise, get people to subscribe to their bundles and small case on the other hand makes a cut out of those subscription fees. So in this, you know, system, what is the pain point here? Yeah, I mean, on top of it, it seems like it's a very hunky-dory relationship for everyone. It works out well for everyone. But the first pain point really emerges in the sense that the investment advisors themselves are quote-unquote agnostic to the platform they're selling on, be it small case, be it wealth desk, be it ICICI, or be it Cortex Securities. One of the investment advisory firms we spoke with, Abacus Asset Managers, they sell a very similar bundle on all four of those platforms. And their main intention was that It's not about the platform, but also getting their product in front of a maximum number of people, which is why be it platform A, B, C, or D, it's not an exclusive relationship for them. It's all about getting it in front of as many people as they can. Mm. Right. So it seems like the problem is with exclusivity deals between small case and sellers or advisors, right? Because I guess competitors of small case can just come in and get the same sellers or advisors onto their platforms. So the question really is then that what gives small case the assurance that users would choose them over any of their competitors who can basically provide the same kind of advice? Okay, so... We do know that small case owns one of the sellers on their platforms, right? That's windmill capital. So that's one reassurance for them. Like their windmill capitals at the very least is not going to go to some other platform. So I'm wondering now that is that the sort of direction they would want to go in? Would they want to maybe sign exclusive contracts with sellers to kind of mitigate Um, the competition that could come from this pain point. I mean, sure, that could be one way that this entire thing goes. Now, Vasant Kamat, CEO at Small Case, told us they haven't talked about any exclusive contracts yet, and they're really betting on the whole customer experience side of this to keep users attracted to their platform. But another way this sort of plays out is really competing on the prices that they charge customers themselves. Hmm. Okay, tell us more about that. So, I mean, a very simple analogy to work it out here, if it's the same product that you're looking for, like a carton of milk, you are looking at three different stores that you could possibly buy it from. They're the same distance from your house. 
they basically offer you the same experience. The staff is nice enough. The cashier is nice enough to you. They give you a small mm. discount every time you go there or something like that. So if the experience is the same and the sort of product is the same, your differentiation point is really the price. So if one place sells it for 30, one place sells it for 25, one place sells it for 20, you would naturally lean towards the place that sells it for 20. Now, yeah. the downside to that sort of competition is that if everyone starts cutting prices to attract customers, where do you stop? Like, mm. do you end up at zero? Do you end up at like a at a mutually unfeasible point? Or like, how does the market really find equilibrium in that way? So, I mean, that's definitely a problem, but sellers aren't the main source of users and revenue for platforms like small case, right? No. So the main source of traffic, you would say, and consequently revenue are the brokerages because the brokerages are essentially the gateways and points of exposing this sort of product to different customers. Okay. Okay. I think I, I understand why it's tricky here because brokerages won't say no to any revenue stream. So something like Zerotha, for example, has no reason to be exclusive with mm -hmm. small case. They'll plug as many platforms as possible. Yeah. And I mean, Zerodha, of course, is an early backer of small case and has an integration with it. But Zerodha's uh, customers can also log into Wealthdesk using their brokerage account. And so if you know, you access that service. Similarly with ICICI Direct. Now, ICICI Direct does not have a relationship with small case, but it does have a relationship with Wealthdesk. So that's mm -hmm. how it really works out and sort of shakes out between the different brokerages because they're counting on the transaction count itself. Like the the, the net amount of transactions that occur through their platforms. So that way, small case, yeah, I mean, is one of the platforms. But the, on the other hand, if small case is looking to sort of leverage or gain benefit from Zerodha's exposition of its customers, Wealthdesk recently tied up to, with Paytm to sort of get exposed to its user base of about 6.5 million, about 85% of whom are really younger users, a cohort that is specifically more attracted to this sort of investing in bundles form of, uh, you know, investing in equities. Okay, so things do seem pretty tense for small case right now. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a changing landscape. And like small case was the first mover in doing these things. And now sort of other people are eating up, are showing up to eat the cake, so to say. And mm -hmm. one other thing that is like notable here is that bro other brokerages are also finding it attractive to build these internal playgrounds for bundles. Like okay. our reporting shows that companies like Upstocks and Grow want to launch their own investment portfolio marketplace rather than sort of, you know, just relying on small case to offer these platforms. Okay, so the competition is evolving from just like a direct competitor like Wealthdesk to completely different companies like brokerages saying, hey, we want to do this as well. But why do companies like Upstocks and Grow, like you mentioned, want to move away from having small case do this for them and just kind of build their own platform? I mean, the idea expressed by ICICI as to why they chose to build their own playground instead of depending on small case is A, they didn't find the rupees 100 that small case charges per bundle to be a feasible cost for a user and they felt that they could build it internally for much cheaper. And secondly, it also removes the sort of dependence you have on a third party to maintain and, you know, operate this platform that users are really attracted to. Okay. And is this a general, like, popular sentiment across all brokerages in India, like that they want to build their own platform? I wouldn't generalize it in saying that this is a trend with all brokerages, but ICICI has said that they want to do their own internal playground thing. 
upstocks and grow are thinking about doing their own internal playground thing. But there are also others who have functional integrations with small case and have no interest in sort of, you know, building an advice marketplace, be it Zerodha, be it Motilal Oswal, HDFC. HDFC has also invested in small case. So I don't think they're likely to build their own sort of playground. So it's still an evolving landscape. And a lot of it will also depend on which directions the users end up at. But essentially what you're saying is that a partner for small case today could be a competitor as well a few months down the line. Mm. Currently, small case is riding the wave of success from its first mover advantage. But while it's doing that, competitors are positioning themselves to catch up pretty soon. So really, when you don't own your stack, nor do you own anything particularly unique when it comes to the idea, what do you do to maintain your lead? Currently, Smallcase has no moat to protect itself against competition, or it doesn't have one that we know of. More on that after the break. Hi, Just Breathe here again. The story this podcast is based on had a lot more insight and inputs that came together to narrate how Smallcase and its competitors are keeping up with the changing landscape of retail investing. The story contained inputs from brokerages, investment advisors, users, and from platforms like Smallcase and Wealthdesk, and was illustrated with some great designs from our graphics team. While our stories are usually for subscribers' eyes only, as a special treat, we have unlocked it for listeners of the Unofficial Sources podcast. Click on the podcast offer link listed in the show notes to access the story for free. So we've gotten pretty deep into this whole space and small case and its competitors and different players in the whole field. But at this point, I kind of have to wonder and ask you that this is a concept that's really taking off and kind of just growing in popularity. But in retail investing, specifically in India, is the concept of stocks bundling really going to last or is this just kind of a blip in the system that's going to die down eventually and basically render our whole uh, conversation useless? Well, I mean, uh, sort of, I want to preface that answer by saying that predicting the future is a beast and anything could happen in the future. But a few trends, I think, are certainly playing into this entire idea Hmm. of investing in bundles. The first is that this sort of new generation investor, quote unquote, millennials, Gen Zs, are more likely to sort of appeal to idea-based stuff, like be it electrical vehicles, be it sort of, you know, believing in middle-class consumer demand in India, they do want to have a direct relationship with what they're investing in and have some sort of say in what they're investing in. But at the same time, you have to sort of see the larger picture here and understand that it is a major bull run in equities. Things have been looking up for the last year or so. And a lot of people at this time also get some amount of FOMO, like a fear of missing out on all these incredible opportunities that are around them. Mm -hmm. So some of them are pouring in that way. Some of them are pouring in because they just started earning, have some fresh money to spend, and they're looking to invest in things that they might genuinely care about. And that's a fair argument to make. But Will it last or will it sort of blip out will also depend on how many of them are particularly chasing yield 
or are they really in this sort of investing for the long term like if it's a majority of people who are just chasing higher returns or higher yields if there is a longer market correction say 3 to 4 years a winter sets in the markets and they're not getting as exciting returns as earlier they might just end up diversifying into something else like a mutual fund or an exchange traded fund right and whether you know you answered it as a true journalist with a lot of nuance and we can't predict the future so disregarding <laughs> that completely not knowing how this is going to turn out we do know that the environment is completely changing with sellers with brokerages every party involved and everyone's sort of trying to catch up to small cases lead so i'm wondering what is small cases response to this i know you spoke to the founder vasanth kamath and ultimately i kind of see this as it comes down to the users right what will small case have to do to maintain its lead and be the go to option for users as the whole environment completely changes in india well i mean a few things so one of the things small case is really betting on is that it does have an early mover advantage a lot of people are already familiar with its product like its user mm. interface and experience but and they want also want to sort of expand on that and you know really improve that really build that friction of retaining customers another thing that they're sort of planning to do is diversify the offerings on their platforms be it mutual funds global equities those sort of things could also attract like a new breed of customers who want to invest in these things but don't really find them on small case right now hmm. the other part of you know keeping customers and this sort of gets to the part where competition really comes in is also effectively striking a balance between diversity of products and the price that that product sells for I think those are the hmm. two things that small case will likely have to calibrate going forward. Hmm. And now I want to kind of circle back to another point we've been hinting at, which is this price war. So, regardless of user experience, regardless of what small case has planned in its strategy, it has to respond based on how its competitors respond. And something that you mentioned is that all of this could very quickly devolve into a price war. Can you explain mm-hmm. that a bit further, and you know, tell us what that would look like in the case of bundling in the retail investment space? Sure. Yeah. So one parallel that helps you know understand how a price war could play out, how really a price competition could play out here, is what happened with brokerages in the past. Now earlier, brokerages used brokerages used to charge a percentage based fee on their entire transaction amount. But then other brokerages like newer age brokerages, be it Zerodha in India or like something like a Robinhood in the United States, they come along and they say we're not going to charge you a percentage based fee. We're going to do a flat thing or a near zero fee thing, and that changed the game for everyone. Mm. So that is one of the ways price competition usually plays out. Like if you have a very similar product and your near competitor says, "Hey, I'll do it much cheaper," then you're almost forced to do it much cheaper as well. in the investing bundle space this sort of plays out in a multiple of, in a, in, a, in a few ways i think the first is it's a relatively nascent space as compared to the entire broking industry mm. so i think there'll still be some amount of evolution in pricing models and one form of evolution that we're seeing in pricing models currently is that wealth task in its partnership with ptm is just offering you three plans like a basic plan for free like a qualified plan with some bundles for about 2000 a year and like a full plan for about 4000 a year hmm. so it brings it much closer to a netflix like thing you pay a flat fee you know you get access to all the titles that sort of a thing 
versus small key still has a more nuanced pricing approach right now like a 100 rupee per bundle and then you pay like a subscription cost on top if you want to you know uh, subscribe to something right so the way users respond to this will also determine how these companies fight on prices but eventually if the price war sets in or the price competition sets in it doesn't really end well for companies that are heavily dependent on transaction count for business unless they become like a major major player in the space so it reduces the scope for you know like a 6 7 seller marketplace versus a 2 3 seller marketplace and that's it for this episode of the podcast as a gen z or entering this age and wanting to invest in certain ideas i believe in i've actually just invested in my first bundle and i'm now even more invested and interested to see how this whole space plays out and also here's hoping that me saying this right now is not foreshadowing a terrible decision Uh, but if you found this episode just as fascinating you can dive deeper into the story written by Jaspreet you can access that from the link in the show notes and well we'll see you next time next fortnight on unofficial sources by the gang